up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Daft Picks podcast. Today with me, I have friend of the show, Zach. Hello, everyone. Our wonderful in-studio producer, Parker. Hello. And we have on the line just uh, James today. So why don't you say hello? Yeah, hello. All right. Well, you know, we're going to have a big show for you guys today. Hopefully you all enjoy. So uh, I guess we'll start it off by what the, uh, you guys watched the AFL this week? Was it AAFL? Uh, it's AAF. the AAF, the Alliance of American I Football. I always mess it up. And I watched a little bit of it, and it's not horrible. Yeah, honestly, it is. It's isn't. watchable. <laughs> yeah, true. It actually is very watchable based upon, like, it, I don't want to say it's more watchable than the NFL, but they're more lenient with, like, penalties and stuff and, like, hits to the quarterback. And it's, like, it's, it's football that people actually do want to see. So I, I can see it, like, having some, some good ratings in the yeah, NFL I remember, season. I remember that hit with the one safety against that one quarterback where he just knocked off the dude's helmet. Oh, Berkowicki, guy... yeah. <laughs> yeah, that hit last week was yeah. brutal. Flatten him. Yeah, his head's officially mashed potatoes now. Poor but, kid. But a perfectly legal hit in the AAF. Perfectly. I mean, at least it's a chance for uh, like some guys to get a second chance, or I mean, a first chance at that, you know? Yeah, I mean, Christian Trent Hackenberg. Richardson doesn't look bad. <laughs> oh, Hackenberg. Hackenberg is still <laughs> Christian still Hackenberg. Christian Hackenberg. There's a reason why the Jets never even tried to give him a start. Imagine being so bad that you're not even the third string quarterback on the Jets. So, the funny thing with Hackenberg is that I distinctly remember the story about him where he was doing a practice drill with the Jets' uh, third-team offense or whatever, and he couldn't get in the huddle correctly or something uh, Yeah, like that. I remember that, And yeah. it's like he couldn't get, like, everyone set up, and then, and then they just kicked him off the Didn't field. he, like, not know the counts, like, how to do the hard counts? Yeah, stuff? he did. Yeah, he, it's like there was a lot of stuff he didn't know how to do, and then, like, whoever was the... The, the offensive coach there was like, all right, dude, you need to get out of here. Just go. I remember specifically, I think that coach said that that Kaepernick couldn't hit the ocean from the, or not Kaepernick, Hackenberg couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and at that point, you're like, oh, you, we know this is bad. This is bad. If there's one thing all Penn State quarterbacks have in common, that they're injury prone and can't throw football after they get into college. Hey, leave Matt McGloin alone. <laughs> Nick Sorley, you're up. Yeah, Nick, yeah. it's your turn. Dude, Matt McGloin's like a motivational speaker for, like, faxing paper right now. I don't even know what he's doing in his life. but He's, a, he's our hometown hero. Glass bones and paper skin. Yeah. Oh, God. I, you know, it's pretty cool, though. I like the new league. Hopefully it at least puts a little bit of a run into the NFL. You know? Yeah, it has a bit of star power in it. Like, uh, Trent Richardson's in it. And uh, there's, like, uh, uh, like Zach Mettenberger. Really? He, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, remember he was supposed to be like the big quarterback coming out of LSU because he had that cannon arm, but he never did anything with uh, the Titans. Yeah, or the Steelers. <laughs> For the oh, short. Oh yeah, I forgot he was there. Yeah, short lived. And uh, then he was with the uh, the Chargers too for a little bit. Well, isn't um, Heinz Ward and like Troy Polamalu? Aren't they like the head of like football personnel or something? Yeah, they're like really high. Yeah, up like in directors the of something. I mean, they're not—they're not the owners, but they're right. like really high exec staff positions. We'll see if it'll be able to complete compete with the XFL when that comes out. Oh man, that's what? What's what's the XFL even gonna look like? Did anyone even watch it like in its first season? Well, I feel it's gonna be extremely, extremely exaggerated. Yeah. Scripted, yeah. Oh man, but, yeah. Steph, oh yeah, is it gonna be scripted? It's I gonna mean, have it's, if it's well, if it's based on the Vince McMahon's running it. So yeah. I mean, right, yeah, it's a McMahon production, so I assume so. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, so uh, 
How about the Super Bowl? You guys watched the Super Bowl? Yes, I did. I got to yep. catch the whole game, actually. That's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah I, no. I watched the whole game, and I was fortunate to have watched the whole game because I thought it was a fantastic defensive effort by both teams. I, well, you could be wrong. That's your opinion. Well, yeah, you could be wrong, too, because that's your opinion. I do but, have to say, like, that, and that's what everyone says, is they thought, like, oh, it's the most boring Super Bowl I've ever, I've ever seen. But if you actually sat down and you watched it for a full four hours... Then you re- then you really didn't think it was boring. You were at least like entertained enough to stay tuned in to see what would have happened. And like at that point, I I just I don't think it was that boring. I think that like obviously scoring makes things exciting. But if you if you sat down and you watched the whole game, you were at least committed to knowing what happened. Listen, I can always appreciate a good defensive game personally, but I mean, it, listen, there's a saying that the Super Bowls might be like the biggest game but it's never the best game of the season i think like two high scoring offenses could have been a little bit more exciting but it, it is what it is take it at face value i mean it really should have been new england and new orleans yeah, we know. yeah we that know. would that definitely would have made the most money all things considered yeah honestly nobody really wanted to see the rams there i really think but, aside from la i don't know if the rams wanted to see the rams there i'll be honest with you yeah they i mean they i mean obviously they weren't ready i really? had a feeling sean McVay was going to look like a second year head coach and he was going to look like the youngest coach in the NFL and he really did his like his offense did nothing I mean when was the last time that uh, Bill Belichick actually didn't coach like a perfect game or at least like a great game and he still came out on top you know like you think about uh, it was a couple years ago when the Giants and Patriots played you could say that's one of Belichick's biggest missteps, but like this is clearly a defensive coordinator's game. If you even, think about it that way. Even when Belichick loses a Super Bowl, it's still like a one-score game. Yeah, like and it's something like that. It's and that's another thing. It's like we're so used to seeing the Patriots like coming out on top or just like winning, and like a lot of people like like a lot of people are like kind of getting like ho hum about seeing the Patriots like just coming out on top and everything. But I think at the same time, if if the Rams won that Super Bowl, thirteen to three, not as many people would say it was boring. Yeah, I, I guess it is just kind of getting tired of the same team. But you do have to appreciate a dynasty. Absolutely, it is what it is. We're living in it. Yeah, don't want to see us in it. Just start beating us. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. Like, if people are really going to take the Patriots getting in there, build a team that could beat them. And honestly, it shouldn't be that hard to do. It really shouldn't be. I mean, they. I mean, look at any good dynasty in sports. They always have a lot of turnover. Like, that receiving core isn't great. Like, Julian Edelman's obviously a very good target man. But Gronkowski was a third of himself this year. And, like, what else did they have? Like, I don't think their big moves worked out for them, but they thought um, They had Cordero Patterson, who's really a glorified punt returner. Yeah, he's just a speed guy. And who's that guy they traded for in the offseason? Um, the slot receiver. Dorsett? Mm. No. He's like a... Oh, man. I can't come up with it. Was it Marshall? Marshall? No, that no. was Cooks. Seahawks. Brandon Cooks. That's right. Oh, yeah. And he was one of the Brandons. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, I guess. The I mean, thing with the Patriots is they change their identity, like, every one or two years, and you never know they, what to expect. They change them. their identity every game. Bill Belichick game plans for his opponent. Like, if he's going up against a team that cannot stop the run, he's going to prioritize his offensive attack to just pound the rock. Well, I think about it this way. The Patriots, they may have, like change their strategy every game, but every team facing them knows what the strategy is, and that's to stop Tom Brady. The Patriots really have that freedom to sort of play around and like look at their opponent differently than the, their opponent can look at them. You know what I mean? Like they, The opponent knows they have to target Tom Brady, 
Julian Edelman, and for a while, Gronkowski, you know? So, I mean, what do you got to say? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It, um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting season uh, next year with a couple of our coaches being picked up by other teams. Yeah. I mean, I don't really expect anything less, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm just interested to see who's going to, like, take over and what we're going to run. Because yeah, a lot of the coaches went over in, to the. In past seasons, uh, I've always said our defense was terrible and I, honestly the Super Bowl surprised me they they actually came to play no is Josh McDaniel still the Patriots he is right yep yes okay. yeah Brian yeah. Flores is not though Brian Flores just got hired as the Dolphins coach and he took a bunch of the assistant coaches with him well and they lost uh that the coordinator last year to the Lions right Matt mm-hmm. whatever Matt Patricia yeah, yeah. Patricia yeah, and he's not really doing a too good of a job over there <laughs> honestly it's really it's really interesting to see it's like you have um when you have like new coaches taking over new teams, like you could see like a defensive coach take over a team like the Lions and an offensive coach take over the team like the Bears, who were like both in really similar situations the season before and just see like completely different directions that they go off into. I think it was a very foolish move for the Lions to fire Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lions have really nobody aside from Matt Stafford. And they traded Golden Tate to the Eagles midseason. Like, I mean, Golden Tate's getting up there. Yeah, but he's still, you know. I suppose, but he's not he, He's not really a number one guy. Plus, did they still even have, oh, was it Darius Slay? Is that who that? Dar- okay, Darius Slay is the most underappreciated quarterback. Honestly, yeah, I'd really good. percent Yeah. But yeah, Jim Caldwell really did a good job with that team. Like, he, like that's a 4-12 team that he would bring up to 9-7 and seven every year. Yeah, and I mean, somehow get them to sneak into the playoffs in two out of those four years. They weren't like a, like a great team, but they were definitely like a contender, you know, or they, like a fringe. Yeah, they were they were just a well coached team. Jim Caldwell is what a very happened? good coach. He's always been a very good coach. Uh, I think historically, you take any coach that's come from the Patriots tree and they go off on their own, and they are not not what you want them to be. Well, it's really. Uh, I don't want to say it's try. It's like they they try too much to be like Belichick, when there's only one Belichick and that's him. It's like his assistant coaches need to realize that you need to become your own kind of coach. Yes, use the lessons and strategies that you've learned from being under Belichick, but you can't be him. You can't take the Lions and turn them into the Patriots, especially not in one season. That's silly. So speaking of foolish moves, going back to the whole Jim Caldwell thing, like being fired, uh, how about Antonio Brown this week? Oh, boy. Well, he officially has decided that he will meet with the team next week to uh, talk about who knows what. But um, he's he honestly, uh, he just took to Twitter and, like, answered every single fan question that, like, uh, every single fan question imaginable. For good or bad, yeah. For, like, and he didn't, he really couldn't care what he said he was just like saying whatever he wanted and like at that point like you really have to look at that like he's not a team player anymore he's not looking at like the Pittsburgh Steelers as his team he's just looking at Antonio Brown and it's really upsetting like for someone that has so much talent so much production and it's and like you see it and like you can't deny it and it's like and everything about it just I don't know what happened to Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown to like Get to a point where they believe that they're the bigger football, than the team. Right, yeah. football isn't a team game. 
Well, and like, I look at what he said about specifically the Ben Roethlisberger thing. Somebody asked him, like, where the whole rift was between him and Ben. And he said that it's just a uh, sort of a conflict of mutual respect. Ben Roethlisberger is an owner's guy, like a toe-the-line kind of guy. I, I don't really see it that way. Like, Ben's not always been, like, a big media guy. He's a little bland. But, I mean, he's even had his share of contract disputes. So, I, I don't know. I think his main point in say, talking about um, Ben Roethlisberger was that whenever something happens, like, he can, uh, well, he, that owner mentality, he thinks, like, he can, like, blame other players or blame other, like, or blame anybody else, like, in a certain situation. And, like, and at the end of the day, like, like, players should only be able to be responsible for themselves. And that's where I think, like, their, his whole, like, uh, disconnect came from. But at the same time, it's like it, I think like he handled the situation very unprofessionally. For sure, like he said, like he said, he said on Twitter before he went to like ownership that he wanted to trade. Yeah, which is just like really just not the way that you should handle things in the NFL. I think, but also at the same time, is I really don't think that they will trade him. I hope not. Like it's like they demanded a trade. Like he has demanded his trade, and like. But no matter what, if they do trade him, they'll owe him over $23 million this year in guaranteed money. So I think their best bet is keeping him on the roster. And if if it's another Le'Veon where he doesn't report, they'll at least get that money back. Right. And I mean, like, he's got three years left. Like, they have no obligation to trade him. No, absolutely They're, they're not, not in the position to. And quite frankly, unless they really think that they need to retool here, which you can say what you want, maybe they should. They don't have to move him for draft picks or anything that's being speculated. Like, they can just keep him on the roster. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. Uh, and Twinder Brown's a great player, but I don't think him be, not being on the team is so detrimental that they couldn't replace him with at least another NFL player. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he's ready to step into a bigger role. Uh, what's his name? Vance or whatever? I, I, I was Donald. Yeah, thank you. Like, he looks like he's a decent, like, kind of slot guy, like, target man on the tight end side. So, I think we'll be all right. Going back to the Roethlisberger thing quickly, though. Remember last year when Roethlisberger played poorly for the first couple weeks? He straight up said, like, he sucks and, like, he should retire, personally. And then he turned it around. Like, he put it upon himself to get better. Yes. Antonio Brown, he just, it just seems like he's saving face at this point. I, I don't know. Um, any other big topics in the NFL? I feel like we missed one or two, but maybe nothing. I know Zach's got to go pretty shortly here for the um, thing. Um, did you want to do uh, fantasy football talks early, like, predictions or about the Super Bowl teams, maybe? Yeah, I mean, we can make, like, early Super Bowl predictions for next year if you want. Yeah. Thoughts, Parker? You, Parker, you got to start. I mean, you're the, obviously. Obviously the what? <laughs> I just love putting you on the spot, so obviously oh, that, that's why. <laughs> All right, so I'd probably say P- Patriots and... Uh, I can actually hear the wheels turning. I'm I'm, I'm trying to think because I don't want to say Saints, but I'm gonna say Saints. Okay. I'll say um uh, if the if Kansas City catches the Patriots on like a mediocre day, I think the the Chiefs will make the playoffs next year. They need to get a defense first though. And, and the uh, the dark horse from the uh, NFC side, it's like I will say Chicago. I'm going to go with uh, the Browns in the East. I, I mean... The Browns. Yeah, might as you're, well. You're blocked. You, and, leave. Uh, let me just... Please I, leave. I mean, I'll, I'll give a, a simple answer with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, can't really bet against them, so... The Browns and the Packers. Well, you can absolutely bet against the, Aaron Rodgers. The battle of the worst jerseys? Absolutely. 
You got a point there. Terrible color schemes. Yeah, who doesn't love brown, yellow, and green? Absolutely no one. Yeah, it's like one's moldy cheese and the other one's, uh, yeah. Moldy or cheese. Yeah. <laughs> some, <laughs> some riveting commentary there. I'll, I'll be honest. Great that I have that picture in my head now. Yeah. Um, have you said fantasy football? Like, uh, um, yeah, so uh, well, let's ju- I'll just do some fantasy football notes for the teams that did make the Super Bowl last year. So going into your fantasy football season next year and you're thinking, wow, you know, we got the Rams and the Patriots. They made the Super Bowl. I'm going to target their players. So if you're in a points per reception lead, you should target James White early. And if you're in a standard fantasy football league, you should target Sony Michelle early. Because we saw last year that Tom Brady really took a step back from being the guy on the Patriots, and they relied much more heavily on their running backs and their defense and their special teams. So I think like targeting Patriots running backs it will really, really set you up for success next year. As for the Rams, um, coming back, Todd Gurley is obviously going to be like a top five pick. But when it comes to like considering um, receivers on there. I think, like, in order, you take Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup will come back. And I think that he was really missed on their Super Bowl run because they didn't have, like, a slot guy to get open over the middle or just or just do anything like that. And it, I, it really showed when the Super Bowl run around. <laughs> I'm sorry for whatever just happened what to the, the audio there. <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened. But, uh... Uh, let me ask you, Zach. Um, biggest boomer bus candidate, um, as far as like I, I, anybody, who's your big boom bus candidate? Like in free agency? Well, f- I mean, just for fantasy, like who's the most okay. high risk, high reward? Um, high high risk, high reward would be um, taking Christian McCaffrey with the first overall pick. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, my personally, I would say Antonio Brown, just because you don't know if he's gonna play, but right. Um, Christian McCaffrey with the number one overall pick, or um, even. Uh, Taking Travis Kelsey into the first round. Yeah, you think Baker Mayfield's going to regress at all, or you think he's going to have another good Absolutely season? Absolutely not. Oh, he's going to have a solid season. If okay. Kareem Hunt plays, oh, excuse me, step aside, everyone. <laughs> it's also, be and if Le'Veon Bell goes to the Ravens, it is going to be a two-head Yikes. monster in the AFC North between the Ravens and the Browns. And the, uh, speaking those two, of the know, Ravens, how about Flacco going to Denver? Yeah, I was just going to say, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. John El- John Elway is doing this because he knows he can't draft a quarterback to save his life. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, did, who did it even take in the first round? Paxton Lynch, right, like a couple years ago? Yeah. And he's gone through Paxton Lynch. Um, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Case Keenum. Well, to be honest, no one expected Trevor Simeon to ever become a fringe starter. Who was the really tall guy, Rob, with the B? Osweiler. Yeah. yeah, then there was uh, Chad Kelly. Yeah, and here's the thing. I mean, I, I thought, I thought Chad Kelly was going to be good, because before he got injured and got into all that off the field issues, he was projected to be a first second round pick, and then he got into off the field issues again, after he won the backup job for Denver, and then that kind of ended. I'm not gonna lie. I really enjoy, I really thought Trevor Trevor Simeon wasn't all that bad. I True, thought yeah. like he had a lot of decent poise and yeah, some decision making. He, he wasn't making. bad. He like, needed he some. Really he needed some like either. growth or maybe some mentorship. But like they really like they really shipped him out of Denver. I think before he really had a chance to show who he was. Well, but I I think 
I think we already had a pretty decent enough sample size of him. It was like one and a half seasons, and he was really just a game manager. He didn't really elevate the players around him. He would just, you know, take what the defense would give him and then just, you know, uh, go through with that. But he, like, defenses weren't afraid of him. I think the I think the main reason that Denver did go out and get Joe Flacco is um, red zone production. Totally. Be- because yeah. um, they had four interceptions in the red zone. It's just their efficiency wasn't where it needed to be to compete, and that is something that you can rely on Joe Flacco to make good decisions in the red zone and not turn the ball over. So I mean. He's all, he's really on the way out with his career, and like you know exactly what you're gonna get out of him. But if uh, well, I, I really don't know, I don't see Denver really taking like much of a leap. I mean, Joe Flacco. Denver's kind of built the same way as the Ravens. Both have very strong defenses, but their offenses leave a lot to be desired. Well, I I mean personally, I don't think I can even name. Is, is Demarius Thomas still there? Demarius no, Thomas traded got him. traded to the Texans, and then he got cut because he tore his. It was either his ACL or his Achilles. Yeah, I see. I'm, it's been a while since I even cared about like hearing about Denver since honestly since the Super Bowl. Like that's so, the last thing they really rolled. So they have name. Emmanuel Sanders as their number one receiver. They have this one kid Cortland who's Sun. their number two, Cortland Sutton, who's supposed to end up being pretty good. And and then uh, Jake Butt. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, isn't his like Twitter handle like JT Booty or something like that? Like good for him. And he has his first Jake endorsement. Butt. Was what is name? His, his first endorsement was Charmin. Nice, <laughs> nice. They have two good running backs though. But then again, yes, Philip Lindsay. So did the Ravens? Oh, yeah, yeah. Could have been the rookie of the year. It was well, like once Saquon and Baker ran away with it, but he had a very, very impressive rookie campaign. Yeah, and he was undrafted too. Didn't they have like a middle linebacker a couple of years ago that was supposed to be really good? Was it? Brandon Marshall. No, no, not him. He was like a young guy. I'm trying to think, was it Ray something? I would be thinking. Oh, about. Shane Ray. Shane Ray. Is he? Is he does he exist? Like, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard a single thing about him since he got drafted. I, I, really, I, I was hoping the Steelers would take him when well, I took forgot Bud about Dupree, him. but like, he basically is Bud Dupree, but slower. Like yeah. they don't have somehow like, worse. <laughs> they wanted him to be like be a pass rusher, but they wanted him to like be a pass rusher, but it just didn't happen. So, uh, consensus number one pick is it Nick Chubb, right? Is that his name for the draft? Wait, what? For the, for the draft, right? Is it? Am I thinking the wrong person? Is it not Nick Chubb? Wait, wait, you mean for fantasy? Or no, 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 like for, for the for for, for, the, for the, like the draft. Yeah, for like the draft. I'm no. thinking of Bosa. Nick Bosa. That's yeah, right, yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick Bosa, Joey's brother. You can tell how much I watch football. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I think the draft could be pretty interesting this year. Like, a lot of it's really defensive heavy. I mean, if you don't waste the first round pick on a kicker, then you're just not a good enough team. Oh, 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 oh like the Bucks. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> the really interesting point is... Oh, is yeah, uh, Aguayo is in the AAF, too. Is he really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. I forget what team he's for, but he's in there. All right, so I just want to go over on the table once this entire episode. Who's your team for the AAF? Orlando Apollos. Okay. Um, I haven't been following it too much, but I'm pretty for sure Hackenberg is on Memphis, so I'm going to pick Memphis. <laughs> uh, I'm going for Atlanta. Jim, <laughs> you? Uh, Salt Lake, who is 0-2 because they nice. just fall apart against teams. Nice. Ver- very lit. Uh, any very other football that you guys want to talk about today? I mean, we basically got to all the big football news, right? Um, well, well, there's the Kaepernick thing. Oh, yeah, he settled him and Eric Reed, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know... I find that very interesting because the NFL 
never settles. No, no ever. Not. They always fight it. No matter like how much money they lose. Well, I'm telling you, they've got something against them. They're, they're gonna this lose, mean you know? this means that they had a that, real case. Like the NFL was scared about something in that courtroom they didn't want released to the public. I mean, I think. I want to say everybody in this room pretty much a big proponent of Kaepernick, right? Like, I, I know personally I am. I was always a big backer of, like, him getting back in and what he was doing was sort of, you know, good for the cause. But I mean, at, at first I thought it was disingenuous until I looked more into it and I saw that he was actually donating. He, he did this campaign where he donated, like, a million every month. or like, Was it, like, every month or, like, every week or something to a different uh, charity nonprofit? Yeah, I mean, like, I, we won't get into the whole kneeling thing because it's kind of a foregone topic, but, like, for all intents and purposes, like, what Cap is doing is really, like, he sort of put his career on the line so that others that don't have a career in the NFL, that don't have... He became a voice. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get real political, but, like, yeah, essentially, he put his career on the line for others, which I think is cool, and I saw there was, like, a whole thing that he turned down $20 million from the AAF or whatever, and... It is what it is, but I, I think he just wants a shot back at the NFL is what it is, and I hope he gets one. I, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but he's definitely better than that Buffalo Bills quarterback last year. The backup. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Which one? Peterman, Allen. Peterman, yeah. Nathan Peterman. Yeah, I mean, um, didn't he have like eight picks in one game, Nathan Peterman? I saw, I saw this statistic that yeah. it, was, it was something along the lines of Aaron Rodgers could throw like – 150 straight interceptions, and he'll have a better QBR than Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Nathan Peterman also once had a game where he threw three interceptions, and his QB his QBR went up. <laughs> like, I, just... I, I remember his his first start. It was against the Chargers, and he threw five picks in the first half, or something like that. And I'm like, you you can't make this up. And this is the same quarterback that John Gruden raved about back when he used to be, like, an analyst. I mean, only in Bill's mouth could that happen. To, to quote him, he would be a great game manager. Yeah? Maybe at, like, an you know, arcade you know somewhere. What, you, know what, <laughs> you, you know what game managers do? They don't throw picks. Yeah. yeah you, know, you know what else game managers do? They, they, they don't play for Buffalo, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, friend of the show, Dylan. I'm, I'm, listen, we're not trying to insult your team, but there's a reason you guys break tables. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, okay, look, better on fire. I mean, it, it's okay to roast the Bills, but Bills Mafia has to be the best fan base in oh, all of sports. No doubt, yeah. absolutely. 100%. I mean, it, it like one day I'll throw my wife with. through a table. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'd like to just point out that uh, Daft Picks does not condone domestic abuse of any kind. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we do not want to be pulled into that type of lawsuit. I mean, the, the Bills Mafia is 100 times better than, what was it, the uh, the 13th man or whatever, the Seahawks at 12th man? Yeah. yeah. Dude, like, like, the Bills Mafia is just a whole Can nothing. you imagine what will happen when the Bills get actually good? Oh, no. Like, when they made the playoffs uh, last season... They went. They like, went nuts. They went nuts. They donated so much money to Andy Dalton's charity, charity yep. because the Bengals beat the Ravens. Yeah, so which the Bills guaranteed get the in Bills the playoffs. playoff spot. Like, I mean, you're gonna give like, like another team's quarterback so much money just because by chance they beat a team and you made the playoffs. That shows how desperate you are, and we really would like to see some consistent success so we could get plenty of Bills Mafia stories. Uh, 
to quote, I, I would love to see that. To quote the great Jack Eichel, Buffalo, I'm coming for you. And I guess I'm what was he going to play quarterback? He probably he probably better <laughs> he than Nathan probably Peterman. Could. Is Jack Eichel a better quarterback than Nathan Peterman right now? Yes. Okay. Speaking of playing quarterback, should, do we want to talk about um, Kyler Murray declaring for the NFL draft? I think it's yeah. really stupid. Yeah, same. I, he, like, I have he some could thoughts. Get, well, I'm going to go first, and I know I don't watch that much baseball, but I looked into the numbers of this, and he, he would have a longer career, yes. more guaranteed money, and less injuries if he stuck with baseball. I, I fully agree with that. He I, already had, like, what, seven, eight million locked up? Six million. It was a guaranteed six something. Yeah. yeah. Why would you? Why would you throw that away? I get it. Football is a bigger market, but it's like you're uh, not like you're not going to play along, especially because he's not a big quarterback. Well, like I, I think about what you just said. Like, is football a bigger market? Like, I'd say it's a bigger sales appeal market. Oh, it, you know, it, it's it's absolutely a better market. How many people tune into World Series compared to the Super well, Bowl? The Super yeah, Bowl, but you're talking the Super Bowl is just one game. But you're talking a sales market. You're talking from a sales standpoint. Correct. So, but if you talk about, like, marketing for money, you're talking about, like, signing bonuses, deals, agencies. Kyler Murray can make probably double his signing bonus in his first year just by signing with some company to be a sponsor, whether it's Easton Bauer or whatever. He, he could have been uh, playing injury-free for most of his career. The, statistically, the injuries you, you suffer in baseball are, like, not even near what you suffer in football. There's very little CTE in baseball, I'll be honest with you. And, like, he's going to be going to a competitor. Like, the A's look good. They're a couple pieces away. Now he's going... Where's he going? He's going to the draft, so I guess mm-hmm. you don't know, but... I, I completely agree. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Is like, he... Obviously, like, he decided his dream and passion is to play in the NFL and to be a quarterback for some team. But what's going to happen, like, when he takes, like, that one big shot and he's like, oh, I'm going to baseball. And you're like, well... Why did you even try play football in the first place if you're not even going to be committed to it? I think that if he goes to the NFL, he stays committed to being like an NFL quarterback, then nobody can really say anything about his decision because he really followed his passion. But I think if he gives it a chance and he gives up and he goes to baseball, at that point you kind of have to say it's like, well, it's like he kind of just like he gave up on being an NFL quarterback. Well, every training camp that he's not playing baseball, every year that he's not playing baseball, he's losing those skills. He's losing those at-bats. He's losing eyes on him seeing what he can do. Just because you're a first-round pick doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot on a roster in any sport. But specifically baseball, you're talking about at least three years of development for anybody. I mean, he wasn't predicted to arrive till next year at the earliest. You're talking about a guy who's missing chances to play minor league, get XP. If he takes an injury to football, maybe he doesn't play like he used to. Baseball, you really only have one shot. Like, you look at Tim Tebow, he's probably an average player, but he might not get a shot because he's 30 and he's injured. Like, he's been injured. Well, but look at what Russell Wilson's doing right now. You know, he's still playing for the Seahawks, but he's still going to show up in spring training for the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I mean... You could say it's a publicity stunt, too, but, I mean, like, is Russell Wilson ever going to play for the Yankees? Probably not. But I guess he's keeping the door open, and maybe Kyler Murray should have considered something like that, cutting a deal with the A's to maybe continue showing up. I, I don't know. I think it's just dumb, quite frankly. It's his decision, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we can't fault him for his decision. It is ultimately up to him and what he feels is best for him. But that doesn't mean that we have to agree with it, or at least, well, me. Right. 
Um, so uh, we're going to be letting uh, Zach go here. He's got uh, some places to be, some things to do. So we want to thank him for joining the show. Any last uh, comments? Thanks, people. Thanks for listening to the, the things we say and whatnot. We'll be coming at you again with more fantasy football updates as the, as our, the season gets closer. That's uh, one more time. That is Zach, our football guy here on Death Fix. Uh, he just did a dab. Um, so uh, with him. Okay, the- never on the show ever again. <laughs> Go away. Just kidding. <laughs> thanks for coming, Zach. So thanks, thanks for coming, Zach. And uh, I guess we'll transition now to um, baseball. Uh, a kind of easy transition with the whole Kyler Murray thing. Uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper still not signed. I don't want to do the whole runaround, but uh, Parker, any idea where he's going to go? Either of them, really? I I put a thing in the beacon for my picks, but I'm not sure how accurate I am. I put uh, I put Harper would be going to the Giants and Machado to the Phillies because apparently the Phillies have a lot of money, so they're pretty much guaranteed to get one of the two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I mean, I don't really have any major thoughts on the topic. Like, Bryce is going to sign somewhere pretty soon. It's basically spring training. I, I assume Manny will, too. I don't know. There's a lot of big friends out there. Like, um, Sean Doolittle, who's a pitcher for the uh, Nats, made a really good point the other day on, on Twitter. Like, these guys got to get their money and get paid. But, like, it, it's it's really their decision. Like, ultimately, like, they, they've got time still. Maybe teams aren't bidding what they should be. I don't know. See, I mean, to touch on that, um, even what Adam Wainwright just said the other day. I saw that, yeah. Um regarding a possible, you know, walkout in the middle of the season because um, people don't want to get tied into uh, these big, like, you know, 10-year contracts. I mean, who, who's to – I mean, these are probably two of the best players of our generation right now next to, um, you know, Aaron Judge and you know, all the other young stars. Right. But, I mean, like, if people want to see the youth in baseball, like, give them their money, let them play – their big seasons, it's going to pay off in the long run, I'm sure. I mean, teams are building for a World Series. The Yankees are, are building for a World Series right now. I mean, um, and like, this all kind of stems from the owners. Like, shocking, because it's every sport that the owners are always money-grabbing. But I just saw the other day, um, the Blue Jays basically literally came out and said that they're not going to call Vlad Guerrero's Elite Cruz his service time, meaning that... He, they get to push back his free agency one more year, so they don't owe him much for one more year. Like he's he's got like uh, like five years of service time still he's got to put in before he can get paid a major league salary. Like, see, I I think, I mean, I mean, I know it's all about the salary and stuff, but I I just think um, Toronto's making a mistake on that one. Oh, for sure, he's ready. Even um, one hundred percent ready. Like, well, look at look at the couple spring training games where they played in Montreal last year. Where they always go, the the walk off home run that he hit, Montreal plastically exploded. Like, like, not not only is he exciting, he's got the glove to play a very hard. Like the hot corner is not easy for a young player. You saw yep. like Sano and um and, and like Devers and um uh the, I can't think the Yankees guy right now off the top of my head. Um, and Har. And uh, I should know that, but yeah, I mean, you look at the hot corner. Like that's not an easy position to play, and he's got the bat to prove. It. Like he's got. If he's not a five-tool player, I don't know who is, but he, he's like he's ready. Yeah, it's it's we're 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 looking at, I think, I want to say um, like 
13 or so days before I think like spring training games actually start. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Machado and Harper are still out there. Now, I just did get an alert from uh, Bleacher Report that the Phillies are uh, intensifying talks. Machado is still probably mulling over contracts. Um, in, in regards to where Machado goes, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want him on the Yankees because I don't really think we need him. Yeah, I uh, see that. But then you hear talks. I mean, let him let him go to the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox could easily use him. Uh, the Padres, why? I don't know. I mean, unless they're going to try to build around him. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, he's certainly a game changer. He's young. Yeah. I, I mean, like, ultimately, I, I don't know where Harper's going to go. It's anybody's guess. I still think Manny Machado's going to end up in Yankee just because it's his, it's his favorite team. He's got connections to the team. Like, he's from New York, I, I believe. Like, I still think he's going to end up there. Bryce is going to follow the money, I think, which is his own right. Bryce Harper is arguably one of the two biggest stars in the league right now. So he's got his own to look out for, but... They got to do something soon, right? Like, I, I can't see the stretching into spring training. These are two competitors. They're not going to let their their game drop because just for some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to reach a decision soon. I mean, the thing is with free agency is that a lot of people don't think about it, is that when you sign with another team, you're you have to move to that location. You have right. to like grab all your stuff. You have to grab your family and stuff, and they'd be like, "Hey, we're moving uh, to the other side of the country" or something like that. And it's like. It's more factors than just the team, but also, like, will he like the city? Will he like the people? The fans, like that, the stadium. Like that kind of stuff. I mean, baseball, more than any other sport, like, where you play matters. Like, it, it's not the same to play at Coors Field as it is at Nationals Park, you know what I mean? Right, like, like no one wants to play in Tropicana Field. No offense to the Rays, but yeah, it's yeah, true. Like, I, like, nobody. I, I mean, it's not like a shot at them, but... I mean, there's a lot of stadiums. Like, I know, like, there's some tough hitters parks, like Petco Park, the Padres Stadium, or Petco Field, whatever it's called. That's a tough hitters no, park. I think you got right. Like, that's a very tough hitters field. Like, I, I'm not saying any of these fields are bad, but, like, of course, everybody growing up wants to play at regular Yankee Stadium or, 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 you know, Fenway. But I think what it comes down to for these guys is they got to find the right fit for their team. Bryce Harper, you're talking about a number three hitter. You're talking about a guy who's, like, right at the top of the, the order. And he's got to find a team that needs that. Manny Machado, more like a 4-5 guy. He's also a shortstop, so you got to look for a team that needs that. There's not a lot of teams that need a big-name shortstop right now. Like, there's obviously some, like the Phillies, I think, come to mind. But who needs a 4-5 hitter at shortstop right now? I, it's hard to say. It's a tough market. Yeah, it's. I just hope talks get settled soon. Yeah. Is it, who, who else is on free agency right now? Kimbrell? Uh, Kimbrel, yeah, Kimbrel's still unsigned. Uh, you know, the thing with Kimbrel is, though, it's like, he's very good, but he's also from, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's sort of a head case. Like, he's... he's he, like, he, he is. Like, and I mean, Red Sox fans will tell you the same thing. Like, he's got his moments where he just melts down. And I, that happens to anybody, but he's a pretty frequent meltdown guy in big situations. Are you going to commit that much money long-term to Craig Kimbrel? I wouldn't. Just, yeah, I... <laughs> Who who is the guy from Houston that punched himself in the face last year? Oh, um, wow, it's eluding me. Morton? No, no, it wasn't Charlie Morton. It was somebody else. I know who you're talking about. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I can't remember what his name is. I, I mean, I, Verlander? It, it was not Verlander. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. I remember Trevor Bauer cut his hand with the drone before like game 
two or something of the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, well, he, he still he still does it. I think he just did it again like a month ago. He? Yeah, there is a backup pitcher for like the I think it was Arizona who got mad after a game and punched a wall and broke his hand. That was Houston. That's what we're. Oh, that was Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of his name at the top of my head. I should know this because he was on my fantasy baseball baseball team. Then after that, I dropped him. Well, while we're talking, I'll look it up and stat check. But I mean, the whole point of talking about that is it's when you can money the players, especially pitchers. No offense to pitchers, they're just like goalies. You got to be a, a special type of person to be a pitcher or a goalie, and that's you got to have you know a little little bit of crazy in you, you know. Um, so you're committing money to these guys. Where one injury, dumb or not, could put you out of money if you're an owner. So you got to watch out for that, obviously. Um, is there any other big name friends in the market? I mean, not the top of my head, but like, there's some pretty decent relievers. By the way, the the, the pitcher's name was Ken Giles. That's who you're thinking of. No, I'm thinking of someone. Ah, there uh, we go. I'm thinking of someone completely different. Okay. Well, I mean, the Arizona pitchers had a reason to be punching. Might be Robbie Ray. I think he he had a something like that last season. No, no, that wasn't no. All right. Well, we won't split hairs over. But yeah, the the one from Houston was Ken Giles. That's who. Um, punch the wall i guess it goes to show you like like i said you're committing one of these guys who are competitive things happen outside the game there was um a player who just recently like slipped in uh um Pasternak for boston bruins slipped and hurt his thumb he's gonna have surgeries out for i think like two months i mean he he's walking on ice with he was at like a dinner gala with the team he slipped on ice Busted up his hand and now he's out. Things up. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be up for a couple months. I think it's only gonna be like three or four weeks. Oh, it might be weeks. Yeah. Listen, I'm not. I'm not the injury guy. I'm the draft guy. <laughs> Parker is uh, staring intently at his computer, trying to find this picture. So uh, we'll. Uh, there, there's so many. I don't even. You know what? I don't even. It's not. Why don't you just call one out randomly? It's just. I don't know. It's like the like the team. The team's like brown or like maroon or something. Might have been the Padres because that's. Uh, they have a brown jersey. Okay, we're going to skip over this for right now. Uh, one other big name for agent that we're all forgetting that we shouldn't be. Bartolo Colon. Please He's a free stop. agent? I believe Please so. stop. Let me ask a legit question, though. Is Bartolo Colon a Hall of Famer? Because I've heard this talked about. He's um, what they call a compiler. If you haven't heard that term before, it just means he's got a lot of records over a long time. I'd make an argument for him. Maybe not. He's definitely not a first ballot Hall of Famer. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say first ballot. I'd say maybe like first or second year he'd get in yeah i i can see bartolo club making it just on compilation stats like yeah i you can make an argument that like andy pettit kind of did that to a certain extent you know so well i mean look at um musina yeah it, it took him a little bit to get in yeah and i mean he, he well deserved it with the work that he did with baltimore and the yankees um i i you know I definitely think Bartolo would get, would get in. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, but maybe not. Oh, Parker's got something. Oh, wait till you're done. We're, we're done. Go ahead. So it was Hunter Strickland, the oh, San Francisco the Giants. Giants closer, blew a save. Uh, yeah. And then he punched a door in anger and broke his hand and then was lost for eight weeks. I remember that. That was right not too long after he got in the fight with Bryce Harper. That, that was my main relief pitcher. I was I very that. upset about that. For those that. of you who don't know that are listening, we have a fantasy baseball league, as you can tell, and uh, Parker... Parker hey, obviously hey. doesn't draft well. If Hunter Strickland's hey, a man relief pitcher. Hey, my my first year, I finished eighth. 
Did you? I'm, I finished I'm proud the, of you. I, I finished in the middle of the pack. I was the best of the people who didn't make the playoffs. So I mean, hey, not bad we're, for not we're knowing. Proud of you. Not bad for not knowing a lick of baseball. You know, good for you. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about today, um, Anthony Davis. I know you guys aren't like huge basketball fans. That's pretty crazy though. Like for the Pelicans, he basically just said he wants to trade. Didn't show up because he had an injury in quotes, and they fired the GM. Like they basically said, "What we want to?" They fired the GM because I think they were asking too much from quote unquote. He was rumored, and and I'm not gonna say it was rumored. It was basically straight out there that he wants to go play with LeBron. Shocking, right? But which I mean, LA is building for the finals right now, but I mean they're not a playoff team currently. Uh, because LeBron's been injured for the last 18 or so games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basketball's crazy like that, though. There's recruiting all the time. There's really no player tampering. If you get caught player tampering in the, in the NBA, you've got to be really messing up because that, that league, LeBron's out here with, like, there was a big deal made about he was at uh, Zion Williams' game at Duke the other day. How, you can't recruit a college player. They get drafted. Like, there's a big deal made about nothing. But I think anytime LeBron's involved, they think that he's recruiting. It, it, the NBA is crazy. I really envy the fans there. I wish I watched basketball more because it just seems like it's a party all the time. It's it's nonstop drama. Imagine being a Steelers fan, but instead it's the entire league and not just the Steelers and you have the NBA. All right. That was unneeded. What? That's what it is. <laughs> that it's, was it's rude. Just, it's just <laughs> drama about nonsense and nothing. Nah, I see your point. It, it definitely... I mean, like... The Pelicans, a couple of years ago, when they had the All-Star game in New Orleans, traded either for or traded Boogie Cousins. I think it was traded for Boogie Cousins when he was there at the All-Star game. That's, I mean, what, what else can you say? Like, it's it's just, it really is, for lack of a better term, a gong show. Like, it, it's just all the time, nonstop. Speaking of gong shows, let's go to our favorite gong show, the Edmonton Oilers. Traded Ryan Spooner for... Uh, Sam Gagne. No, no, let me, I have, <laughs> Didn't so, they draft Gagne, too? I saw a tweet today. <laughs> I wish I knew who tweeted it, but um, if I find it, I'll retweet it on the Daft Picks podcast because it's just too good to miss. It was basically the Oilers traded Ryan Spooner, the guy from their uh, second rebuild, for Sam Gagne, the guy from their first rebuild because their third rebuild is, rebuild is behind schedule, which I just think is the, is the best thing, and it summarizes it perfectly. If you want a great follow, follow uh, Jim Matheson because he's got some pretty hot Oilers takes. He's not, I'm not saying he's a bad writer or anything, but he's got some interesting takes on the Oilers itself. And a lot of talk has been made about Keith Gretzky, the current interim GM there, of course, brother of Wayne. I, he's really only there because he's Wayne's brother. Like, that's the whole thing. They call it the Red Wine Club because all the guys from the 80s and 90s Oilers work for the Oilers now. I don't know if you know that or not, but... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's news to me. Nepotism's pretty bad. There's a an old thing, um, not to get off the Oilers, but just to kind of point it out. There's a thing called the Muskoka Five in Toronto. I couldn't tell you the names, but they're like from the Leafs' old winning teams or like the old like good teams. They worked with the Leafs for like years and decades, and they would they were just the the old boys club for lack of a better term. We talked about this a couple shows ago, but the Oilers are just. What do you even say about the Oilers? You know. Uh well, they just did trade Cam Talbot to. The Flyers. For Anthony Stallars. He yeah. hasn't played a game in 2019. Because, you know, Philly is uh, stocking goalies right now. Number eight. I mean, I I 
can't really fault Philly for that because that's kind of it's a good trade. I mean, it's a good trade, and it's it's good experience behind um, Carter Hart right now, who's sure. been on fire. Because uh, you can see he's sorry, the heart of the team. Lit you guys up the other night, um, but anyway, uh, it, it, you know it's only going to be a matter of time though once one of them gets injured, and then I mean I know they're not going to be they're going to be signing free agents at this point after the trade deadline let's, in a couple days. Let's just hope for number ten. I just want to see Ilya Brizgalov. Let's go. So, yeah, so the Flyers now have two former starting goaltenders on their team as backups. That's Look, interesting. Let's not forget that they are one of the teams, I don't know, seriously, there was talk that they were in on Bobrovsky, who, don't forget, they traded Bobrovsky to Columbus a couple of years. Not a couple, but like a decent amount of time ago. They traded Bobrovsky there, and now he's there in. I mean, you can't fault them for trying to realize, hey, let's try to fix this mistake. I'm, I really think, like, aside from the Oilers, Columbus might be the next biggest gong show in the NHL just because they're going to be losing their two marquee free agents. Like, Artemi Panarin is not staying. Bobrovsky's not staying. Panarin just upped with Bobrovsky's agent. Like, he uh, he got either off Dan Milstein or joined Dan Milstein's group. I can't remember which one. But they have the same agent now. They're, they're both linked to Florida. If you lose both of your star players to a team in your conference, what are you doing? Well, is what's the specific reason why they want out of Columbus? So, so I mean, I know Panarin just wants to test free agency, but Bobrovsky's had a lot of clashes with uh, with Torts. So here's the thing: there's a saying uh, I saw this on Twitter the other day too. There's apparently like an inside thing in the hockey community. Tortorella is good for one year, okay after two. Past three, you're lucky if you keep him because his his message is that abrasive sort of you know, work hard style gets old after a while. Like the players don't want to hear the same thing over and over again from the same voice. It doesn't, it doesn't have a a long shelf life, if you will, for Tortorella's message. He's not a bad coach, but it's just his style doesn't work for a long time. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the end of this season, um, God, you know, God forbid they do lose Panarin. Um, and then are they even actually in a playoff spot right now? Um, I um, think they're a wild card team potentially or cost team. Because yeah. the only thing I could I could figure is if they don't actually make it, any you know if they do make it and then they get bounced first round, I could see Torts probably getting canned. Yeah, and then look at uh, Anaheim right now. I think they need a coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Anaheim's another team. Anaheim, though, for better or worse, they're not a bad team in the minors. Like they have, I think, Klim Casilla, Sam Steele, um, one of the like the main brothers. I, think, I can't think of his name. They've got like they've got some decent players out yeah, there. Troy Terry, he's the one I, I Troy remember. Terry, American hero Troy Terry. Yep. I mean, they've got some decent guys down there. Uh, uh, they have Strom, uh, Matt Strom. That's who they have. They, they've like got some good young players who've got potential. Yeah, and they already have. Uh, the uh, the one uh, Montour Bradley Montour wait actually no Vegas has Montour yeah really my sure. bad uh, the other one uh, they, I mean they have Cam Fowler they have they, they've, the, got, they've got a good decor the, the young the young guy can't remember his name but it's like his second full season they, there and he was like one of their super high prospects and he's doing pretty good they I think actually might be Montour I think we were we we're thinking right uh, regardless they have John Gibson or, or, yeah, John Gibson I mean Ryan Miller's not a bad backup like they have the pieces to be good. If they can get out from under Corey Perry or Getzlaff, one of them, maybe you 
You know what? Even Kessler. If, I think Kessler is a big move candidate because he he needs a change of scenery. We, like. Yeah, we talked about this on one of the earlier shows, and the problem with him is that a he's very injured right now, and his contract. No one would really want to take it. Now he's still a good player. He's still fantastic at faceoffs, and he's a great locker room presence to have with his leadership. But that contract's just nasty. It is quite the albatross. And granted, it was given to him when he was still playing really good. Because remember, this guy used to be one of the very best two-way forwards. In I'd the argue that that is incorrect because you look at that. When he came from Vancouver to Anaheim, he was on a downturn. Like, Kessler's always been like a He's kind of that rare breed of like a grinder slash two-way who can score 50-plus points. But even on that, like, he was on the downturn of his career. Like, he was hitting age 30. Like, he's 33 now, 34. Like, he's not a young guy. He wasn't a young guy. I mean, I think, unfortunately for San Jose, the same thing's going to happen with Evander Kane. Like, Evander Kane's style of hockey, that rugged scoring thing, that he's not a fast player. Like, those players break down a lot easier. And it's a seven-year contract. I think he's going to have the same issues. Yeah, no, that uh, Joe Pavelski, too, plays a lot that way. Yeah, I mean, Pavelski... The thing is with Pavelski, I didn't realize a couple of years ago, he's, he's like 35, 36. Like, Pavelski's somehow had a career longevity as one of the most underrated two-way forwards in the game. Like, I think because he played behind Joe Thornton all his career, but... Well, it's well, it's because he played behind Joe Thornton. He played behind uh, the guy who's with Toronto now. Patrick Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, then, he might come back to San Jose. I don't know if you saw, there's some trade rumors he might get flipped at the deadline. Well, that's pretty neat. So, I mean, I don't know how... San, San Jose is that rare team where they have multiple players who are above the age of 35, 36, who are still playing at an elite level. Brent Burns, he's having, a, he's having well, another Brent great season. Bur- Brent Burns is like 32, 32, 33. He's not, not old, old he's but not, he's getting there. He's not I mean, 35 yet. My thing with the, the Sharks, will they re-sign Carlson? Do they need to? Like, he's not. They, there hasn't been any talks between the camps. I mean, why not? I guess. I mean, I guess the main thing would be if they have the money for him. Yeah. But not every team could say that they have... Not one, but two of not just two of the best defensemen in the league, but two of the best offensive defensemen in the league. True. I mean, Tampa Bay certainly can, but I mean, aside from them, I I wouldn't call McDonough an offensive defenseman. No, but I'd call Hedman Sergachev. I wouldn't call Sergachev a top defenseman. Regardless, I, he has I, the ability to be, but he's still raw. He's still very raw. Another team that's kind of interesting is uh, I just saw this morning. The plan now is Stone and Duchesne are going to get traded from Ottawa because they had a deadline on Tuesday. They didn't they didn't talk extensions, so the team was like, "Okay, you guys have a new deadline on Saturday." And then they just don't, they don't have anything, so the plan is to trade them. Which the scary thing is here, they don't have their first round pick. Colorado does. Colorado is a fringe team right now. Colorado could end up with the. First and second pick. What if Colorado trades for both of them? What, here's my thing. <laughs> what if Colorado trades that pick back to them for Thomas Chabot? Could you imagine? I mean, essentially, Ottawa only lost their pick because they'd rather have picked Brady Kachuk this year than have a pick this year coming up. I mean, Brady Kachuk's a great player, but, you know. I thought for sure they would build around Mark Stone. I mean, he's having a fantastic yeah. season. I and mean, he's always been a very underrated two-way player as well. He's 26, I think, 27. Like, he's young. He's got a controllable contract. He's not going to get paid that much to the point where you can't afford him. Ottawa, here's the problem with Ottawa. 
they're not going to hit the cap floor. They're projected to miss the cap floor by f at least $5 million. There has not been a team in the modern era, in the cap era, that has not hit the cap floor. The Coyotes were the closest and they traded for Datsuk's contract. Maybe they go to Toronto and say, hey, give us your pick and we'll take Nikita Zaitsev or something. But actually, I think Toronto just traded their first round pick, didn't they, to get Jake Muslin to the Kings. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I that might so. be. But regardless, Ottawa's going to do something to hit the cap floor to get a draft pick and not have a completely albatross season. I suppose. What do you think is going to happen with... Uh, I should know the name of the head coach because he used to be with Tampa. Um, uh, Bruce... I, I, call no, him Scar Bruce. I call him Scarface. Well, that, yeah. Uh, uh, Guy Boucher. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think is going to happen with him? Well, Guy Boucher is another guy. It's just like Tortorella, to a lesser extent. His style of play, which is a trapping style hockey, an aggressive form of trapping, doesn't wear well. And the players in Ottawa don't have that. Like, Duchesne's a decent two-way center. Who else on the team, aside from Ryan Zingle, who is another free agent who's probably going to get walked? The top, the top three players, arguably, on offense, are going to leave. Stone, Duchesne, and Zingle. I, I don't think Guy Boucher's long for that team. So, wait, if... If this team's going to struggle to reach the cap floor, why not just resign all of them to big contracts? Then you kind of solve that issue. This is this is the question because Ottawa is one of the couple teams in the league that have what they call an internal cap. Do you know what that is? So an internal cap is essentially the owner sets a predetermined cap, um, and you know how crazy Eugene Melnick is. So he <sighs> probably doesn't have a high internal cap. Like, of course, the cap's going to be above the normal cap, or, or or you know above the cap floor. But he might be telling them, hey, we're not going to go higher than this. And I can't say I blame him, per se, on Duchesne, who's leaving the prime of his career or is currently in and will be on the downturn. But Mark Stone, I mean, they didn't even get anything from Mike Hoffman. What did they get from Mike Hoffman? They traded him to San Jose for nothing, and then he got flipped. I, I mean... I don't even remember what they got for him. It was, like, Chris Tierney, I think, and, like, a seventh or something. Oh, well, Tierney's not playing too bad. But he's not he's, like he's, Hoffman. He's, yeah, but he is not a Hoffman. And if you're going to trade Eric Carlson anyways, why did you trade off? I, I mean, putting the personal issues aside, if you're going to trade one of them, why not keep the other? You knew Carlson was most likely to leave regardless after the season. Why did you trade him then? Because they just don't know what they're doing. And, and yet again... They don't have a long-term plan. You traded him to San Jose, who just fleeced you from Mike Hoffman, and they still didn't get a girl. Like, they got a couple decent players back. Josh... Um, Josh... Josh Norris. He looks like he's going to be a real defenseman in the future. Not right now. So you've got Thomas Chabot, who's literally that team. Mark Stone's probably going to leave. Matt Duchesne's going to leave. Who do you have left? Craig Anderson? Is that is that your big plan? Craig Anderson, Philip Gustafson. They should have... They should have Craig Anderson even still on the team after that whole I debacle? With, what's his name? Well, Craig Anderson was... No, don't forget. It was Carlson and Hoffman that had the issue. Craig Anderson. Was, oh, that's right. But... Uh, he's not. He's afraid of this year. They should have drafted a goaltender like three years ago. They should. What they should have done is not taken Brady Kachuk this year. Let him go to fourth. Trade like they are supposed to. The whole thing with the draft was that they were going to trade that fourth overall pick to Colorado to get their pick back. They didn't. They took Brady Kachuk, which was a mistake. Doesn't matter how good Brady Kachuk is. If you lose out on Jack Hughes, you're an idiot. Plain and simple. They're probably going to lose out on Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, who are both franchise changers. And Brady Kachuk is a great player. He's not a franchise changer. Simple. So he's going to end up like a... Uh, he's uh, got a similar ceiling to his brother, Matthew Kachuk. Different style of play, but they both play that sort of power yeah, but he, Yeah, but he's going to end up being like a... 
Sean Reinhart, where I forget if it's Sean Sam, Sam Reinhart, the one who's with uh, Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, where he's like, yeah, he's the second overall pick, but he's not really a franchise. Joker. I mean, I I would say less than that, except more like a Nico Heischer. Like Nico Heischer is the first overall pick in a draft that shouldn't have had a first overall pick. No offense to those players. I mean, he's a great player, but he's not. He's a Phil Kessel to a Sidney Crosby. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. He's not. Nothing. He's not that. And Jack Hughes is. Cable Caulkins is. Like that. That's the problem, and that that's why they're gonna lose out so hard. You just have to hope for Ottawa's sake that Colorado does not get the first overall pick. Um, another if Colorado gets the first overall pick, I mean that's scary. It is that that's nuts. McKinnon and Jack Hughes, but I guess and Landeskog. They have a shot at having both picks. If they follow the playoff picture, they've got their own and Ottawa's. They could, in a very rare scenario, get Capo Caco and Jack Hughes back to back. Could you imagine? That'd be the first time I think a team has had back to back franchise changing team players since the Sedins in Vancouver. Yeah. I was just about to bring that because that. How would you even be able to manage that? Back to back picks, number one and two? I don't know. Uh, here's, listen, I'm not a big trade scenario guy. If I'm Pierre Dorian, I'm calling Colorado. I see they have a goaltending problem. I tell them I'm going to give you Philip Gustafson and whatever it takes to get my pick back. Gustafson's a potential, he's, he's got the potential to be an elite starting goaltender in the NHL. You've got to do something. You've got to get that pick back. You, it's not even getting a pick back. You have to get your pick back before it's too late. Maybe you trade Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne there. Sorry, Matt Duchesne, maybe, but, like, there's scenarios where this could work out for them. There's more that cannot work out for them, and that's the scary part for uh, Ottawa. Um, I think an under-talked-about player this season is Patrick Laine. Do you know how many points Patrick Laine has right now? 35. Okay. Well, you know, so. Do you know that he only has 11 assists? Uh-huh. Is that not, like, that's problematic, you know? No. Really? No. Ovechkin doesn't have that many assists. We all know Patrick Laine is a sniper. Yeah, but he's only got 25 goals. I mean, he's still on pace for 40 goals. It's hard to hate on a guy who has 40 goals. But, I mean, he's having an underrated season. I mean, Austin Matthews is having a good season. Patrick Laine, a little bit off. I think Patrick Laine also got sat a couple of times, or at least put on the fourth line for being yeah, a he, defensive liability. He hasn't, he hasn't been having the best season. He's had... Really low lows, like, for example, getting benched. But he also had a game where he scored five goals in a game. Yeah. He almost had a double hat trick. So, I mean, a very, very, very roller coaster season for him. I think, is it safe to say that every Canadian team right now is a gong show? Because I look at Winnipeg that looks like they're on the, they, they don't know what they are. What are you talking about? Winnipeg looks fantastic. They're still not, uh, like, they don't know what they are. Yeah, but and they're still leading the Central. It's the central. Yeah, one of the strongest division. No, really, that literally is, that is one of the strongest divisions. The hockey. West is awful. Literally, listen to the pundits. The East is the strongest right now, and the hardest division to win in is, is either the Atlantic or the Metro. The Central is probably the best in the West because the the Pacific sucks. No offense to the Pacific, but like you're talking about, who do they have? The Blackhawks literally are a fringe team. The the Wild are trash. The Avalanche are okay. Golden Knights are they? Are they? They're, they're in the Pacific, Pacific. but I mean, like yeah, they're they're hanging on barely. I mean, like I'm, there's good teams in every division, but like you're talking about the Jets, who really don't have that much competition. Look at the like the Habs, like they're a good team right now. 
still a gong show for the for the same reasons. They don't know what they are. The Leafs have the whole contract stuff. The Oilers are the Oilers. The only team that's not is the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames are good. I still think the Flames are playing a bit over their heads, though. Uh, you know, honestly, because Bill Peters has was never really a fantastic coach. Granted, he never really had that much to work with in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. but it's still like he's not really an exciting coach. Uh, I like, mean, I like agree. to me, he's just that guy. I mean, big save, Dave. But, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan, they have a good defensive core. I look at Carolina, like you just brought up Phil Peters. How about, um, you guys see that Don Cherry said about Carolina? How, about how it's like... Let the kids have their fun. Like how it's like a, a dis, not, I don't know if he said disgrace, but he basically said it's making a mockery of the sport and like how Justin Williams would never allow that if he, being on that team. And the best part is Justin Williams was the one who's behind this, the, the storm surge. Parker, you're looking at me with puzzlement. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been reading about this, but I don't know what the problem is right. with what they're That's, doing. Exactly. Thoughts? Like, what are they I, even doing? I mean, they're doing, like, when they win games, they celebrate, like, last night they did a they, they did a bat flip, like, they did, like, a fake bat flip with a hockey stick, and they did... Yeah, they, they did, like, a walk-off win, like, uh, they, in baseball. They, they tweeted out, now we're, um, <laughs> now we're making the uh, pundits in both sports angry. It's a shot of the baseball commentator who didn't like the bat flip from Jose Batista. I mean, they they did like one they bold. They they have another one they call the was like the 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 storm clap, or whatever. They go out to center ice and clap, which let them have which fun. I'm pretty sure what Iceland soccer team does uh, that. Uh, the Icelandic or is soccer it team? Finland? Uh, it's, it's it's I think it's Sweden. It's either Sweden or Finland. It's one of like those like no, I don't I don't think it's Sweden. I, it's, I think it's like ice. I I I'm almost positive it's Iceland. It's one of the lands. So yeah, but no, you're right. Um. The, the, I think I think it is Finland because I think they did the clap for the World Cup of Hockey, but regardless, it's still a cool thing. Like Tom Dundon, the owner, loves it. Which if the owner likes it, you're fine. And it's bringing people into PNC Arena, whatever it's called. Like people are f- actually coming to Hurricanes games. There's yeah, so much. They, and they're one of the teams that have like one of the lowest attendance rates in hockey. Uh, minus the Florida Panthers. <laughs> and the uh, Coyotes. The Coyotes honestly aren't that bad anymore. Like the Florida Panthers, ha- I think they had like a game the other day. They had a thousand people. The the, the Wooks Press Scranton Penguins just sold out a game with more people than the Florida Panthers for had. like the first time in like weeks. Yeah, and the Florida Panthers can't do that with Aaron Ekblad and Huberdeau, who's now a trade candidate. Like and Bar- and, and Barkov. Lu- yeah, good Bar- guy. Barkov, like maybe Trocheck. Like you can like, exactly if you Hoffman, like you can go through the Stars team. It doesn't matter what they put on the ice down there. What's up with Florida? Like, why can't they... Like, Tampa Bay's doing it. Goaltending. Consi- they, it, need, they need consistency. Is it, or is it the fact that it's in in a place that hockey doesn't exist? Because, like, you go to... Uh, what's that? A sunshine, or whatever it is, versus Tampa Bay. Like, Tampa Bay's not a hockey market, but they embraced them there because they marketed there. Like, Tampa Bay knew how to market to the fans. What marketing is there for the Florida Panthers? They they had the um, they had the Kevin Spacey in space thing for a oh yeah bit. How, how did that go for them after a that, year that la- yeah that lasted a year until uh, things get, until we'll just get, leave yeah. it to things and then it's a dead meme don't have anything I mean like the, they they try so hard to be like the lovable team and they're just so bad at it like they're not good they're not bad they're just the Florida Panthers they've been that for years 
I that's mean, maybe true. that's the problem is that they're just mediocre. It like no one's ever excited about a mediocre team because true. you're not bad enough to lose to get a franchise player, but you're also not good enough to win a cup. I think given a couple of years, I think Owen Tippett. Uh, he'll be up next year. Owen Tippett's like a really highly renowned goal scorer. I think he plays for the Mississauga Steelheads. They drafted him last year. Owen Tippett could be the guy who puts them over. Like you're talking about somebody who's sort of like a cold chucker, somebody who can like Phil Castle, like he's a sniper. I think if you get somebody exciting in there, no offense, like Barkov's a great player. Plays a little bit of boring hockey. Yeah, I mean, no one ever gets excited about a two-way center. I mean the coach. Patrice Bergeron. Maybe the one of the top five players in the league right now gets better every year. Not exactly exciting all the time. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love defensive hockey. It's my favorite. But the casual fan, which is what makes up the Florida Panthers fan base, doesn't like that. They want to see goal scoring. They want to see fights. They don't want to see a 2-1 game in overtime. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what they're coming to the game for. I don't know. There's a lot of problems in the NHL. I just... Some of these teams got to figure it out. I mean... Even the Penguins, like, we're a perennial contender and we're on the fringe of missing out in the playoffs. Good defenseman. We just did beat the Rangers. Did we? Uh, yeah, I was trying to watch the game before we yeah, came in. 6-5. Yeah, you know, okay. So, did you say 6-5? Six, 6-5, five? Six five, yeah. We, we had, like, a three-goal lead and Smith forgot how to, uh, you know, save stuff. Shocking. I mean, I mean that's basically it. Uh, there's not much really to talk about the NHL. I mean, we, 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 we've covered the Oilers as much as we can. It's honestly just annoying to talk about at this point how bad they are. It is what it is. Uh, anything else you guys want to get to today? Nope. I got nothing. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much it. So we'll wrap it up there. Um, we're going to try to be back here next week, I believe, again. Uh, we'll see what works out. We'll tweet it out. Um, and like I said, I'll try to uh, link that tweet I was talking about on the Daft Picks channel. But uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the new sort of setup for Daft Picks. We, we, we got some feedback that we were a little bit scripted, so we're trying to have a little more fun. Um, but once again, thank you all for listening. And uh, you can follow us at Daft Picks Pod on Twitter. And, and if you got anything that you want us to talk about, don't for like, don't be afraid to tweet it at us. We'll, I mean, we'll more than likely talk about it. Yeah, and so. one more thing, we're going to be doing what we like to call the Dafties, or the Daft Picks Awards. Um, that'll be coming up on June something, maybe June 20th or whatever, right before the NHL Awards. Uh, we're going to be giving out our biggest uh, fail of the year in hockey, probably the Oilers, let's be honest, um, and, and a couple of the awards. I don't want to spoil it, but the Dafties will be coming up in just a couple months. Just want to put that out there. I know I've been teasing it for a little bit on Twitter. Um, and Daft Picks U, we're excited to announce Daft Picks U. Every week, uh, when we start getting some questions in, we're going to pick you to uh, be our featured question of the week on the show. So don't forget to tweet at DaftPix. Give us your questions. It could be about anything in sports. So uh, without further ado, we're going to wrap the show. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.